welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. Just prior to recording, we were throwing around some ideas and we started talking about the concept of using property and property investment to replace your salary, which I think is is probably the, the ultimate goal for an awful lot of property investors. And we were throwing around some numbers about sort of how feasible this is and how long it might take and particularly what it might mean in terms of actual capital needed to, to achieve this, but also time. So how about we start off at the beginning, Stuart? If we are replacing a salary, what, what do you think we should use as our sort of base calculation for this? Well, my immediate answer to that is your salary. But I've got a... Yes, uh, but we don't know everybody's salary that's listening. We have to pick a number. <laughs> but I've got a question, though, before we start. When, because cause that is my assumption, that is our assumption. I think there is a general assumption is that majority of people would like to replace their salary. I think I don't think there's a question over that. However, I don't think that was totally the case for you. Was it? Or is it? Was it? No. Is it? Yes. <laughs> so was it? No. I started in property because I was interested in property. Um, I had a, a, a career, a well-paying career that I was planning to follow for, for the foreseeable future. And property was a, a sideline because I was curious and interested. And I was already having a little bit of a sort of eye on the future towards a, a pension type setup with property now I, I say yes but uh, not not yes right now it's because I'm, I'm still doing other things I'm, I'm obviously building Patma and that's my my full-time work and I intend to carry on doing that for for many years yet however I would like to have a property portfolio on the side that is capable of being my salary just as sort of a safety net, a, a fallback, a mm. well, a, a long term, a pension, but but even a now sort of emergency sort of cover, if you like. H- how about you then? Seeing as you you asked the question, what was your salary replacement status? Yeah, it it's it's a lot simpler. It was that that exactly was the aim from day one. The reason I got we, we were the accidental landlords, but long story short, saw property as the way for providing long-term revenue. But what I like about your experience, your view, is I imagine there's, there is a, probably a large cohort or a large group of people that also feel that way. I think it feels like the, the two views converge at some point because they both come to that point. Because for me, that is what it's about as well, is that now I do want to replace the salary, the previous salary, but it's it's really about providing the independence from a salary if that makes any sense but to know that that money is coming in yeah i was going to ask when you have replaced your salary what does that mean for you does it mean you've actually just created yourself a new job which you're then happier to do or does it mean that you have removed yourself from the need for a job and you can actually just sit on a beach forevermore yeah well i think I'm similar to you in the fact that I, I don't see myself doing that ever. Uh, I just, I'm not, I'm not wired that way 
yes, I'd love to spend more time on the beach, but I see myself working until I can't. Basically, I don't. I don't want to not work. Is is the summary? I guess. I totally agree. I'd get bored. Yeah. Two, two weeks, and and I'm and I'm climbing the walls, and and I want to be productive. I want to put things into the world. I want to help people, and yeah, digressing slightly, but just coming back to the point, it is around for me. It's about having that independence. My hope is that it frees my mind up to to be able to focus on the things that I really want to do. Because being a father with four children, a married father with four children, the focus, as as you and I both share, is about making sure there's food on the table, trainers on the kids incessantly, and replacing all those clothes that they grow out of on an hourly basis. So we have all of these commitments that we, we have to maintain. And, and my view is that if, if I can feel confident that those things are covered, then I can be a little bit more creative. Other people seem to have that ability. They, don't, they can have all of those things going on and still be creative. I, I'm unfortunately not one of those. So I need uh, to, to, to create that, that revenue because the, the, the previous full-time job in, in senior management land means that the hours you work means you, you don't get time to think about anything other than the work, really, which led me here. So we're, we're kind of skiing a, a bit off the slope that we started on. But to come back to your point, if we were thinking about a salary, I would think about the UK's national average, which the last time I checked a few weeks back, I think was around the 30k mark, I think at 30, 31, 32, something like that. I haven't looked, but I'll take your word for it. I yeah. think it's a reasonable number to be using. Yeah, I think I think that's it. And as as I've said to you before, I think the the challenge I have with um, replacing income is that most property education businesses, well, let's call them that. There's a few of them that are, some that probably aren't. But property education companies will always lead. That will be one of the key hot buttons to push to get people interested in a course, which is essentially a get-rich-quick summary. I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that. I think you're right. It's come and, uh, come and be a property investor and retire early and replace your income and, yeah, sit, sit on a beach and do nothing, have passive income forevermore and, and be happy. Oh, and, and yes, it happens overnight. <laughs> yeah, mm. I, I think the, the, the claims of... Of many people in that regard are are clearly uh, somewhat at odds with reality. And I've met a few people, quite a few actually, that are doing very well in property. Some have large portfolios. I nearly said multi-million pound portfolios, but I think that's a it's a really misleading thing to say because I, I've I've managed to create that, but it doesn't it, it doesn't mean it, it's great on your asset sheet, but it doesn't necessarily provide the income that you'd want. But the people I've met that have number of properties, number of HMOs and and large incomes, their experience to me was exactly the same. And they said, our experience isn't that you do this and sit by a swimming pool with your mojito or your your, your drink of choice. It's actually you you get busy and, you know, you talked about it as well. And, And of course, there are strategies, processes that you can set up to make everything easier. And property is one of those where actually once things are set up, you can take your foot off the gas a bit. However, the more you grow, the more you need to do. 
it's someone once described to me the word passive and that passive income wouldn't be income at all because if you had no engagement with it or took no action it's likely you'd get what you put in which was not a lot and i i do subscribe to that view and and passive income is a bit misleading because again i've created the the properties and you know done a lot of the work in terms of refurbing and so on yes they are now kicking out monthly revenue but but it's anything but passive i agree with you on the passive income front i'm just going to pick up on what you said earlier about the the multi-million pound portfolio and if your if your name or your company name is on the deeds for enough property that the value adds up to to multiple millions of pounds that's great but if it when you actually look at the the funds behind it you owe 85 percent of that to banks and then you owe the other 15 percent of it to private investors you don't actually own any of that property really and all of the income you're collecting from it has to first of all go towards paying those debts and you're paying i don't know three to four percent to the banks and then to private investors you might be paying i don't know five to ten percent and those are, are big chunks of of the revenue so it's it's actually possible to to build a claim of multi-million pound portfolio without it actually really representing much value or, or wealth to the the person or company that's on the deeds so yeah I, th- I think that can be a very very misleading claim yeah and i don't want to skate into this digression either but we, we'll have talked about this before on the podcast as well that you could say i have a multi-million pound portfolio let's just say i've got a two million pound portfolio and that could mean you have 20 properties 30 properties around the country or one in the center of london it it, it could mean a lot of different things so you know it's not for me it's it's not about the number of the properties it's about the numbers in the properties and that's something that i picked up on recently as well which is so important and i've spent i would say the last six to nine months just really focused on the numbers in the portfolio and that is proving to be really important and i think bringing this around to our sort of point of replacing the income the thing that a lot of courses will will want you to believe is that once you've once you've done the course or you've learned the strategy, whether that's rent to rent, HMO, rent to service accommodation, whatever it is, that within three to six months you'll have replaced your income. My my personal issue with that is that, as I flippantly remarked to Simon at the start, it really depends on your your salary, doesn't it? Because if, if you're on a salary of let's just say twelve k, hypothetically. You could do that. I think you could do that in a in a year or so with a lot of hard work, with the right contacts and the right properties. I, I think it's feasible. So could you replace it? Yeah, I think you could. If you're on the average 30K, could you do that? Again, I think with a lot of time and effort, could it happen within 12 months? Again, depends on the support you've got around you. I still think it's a longer term play to get to that sort of figure depending on strategy. But, you know, there are always going to be outliers to this and there'll be people out there that can grab 50 rent-to-rent properties in six months that might generate them, you know, whatever that works out to, you know. Well, how about we, how about we take some real examples? 
you've got some rent rent properties. Pick one of them at random. And what's your approximate return, um, sort of profit on, on that rent rent property? So hence from that, we can we can work out how many you'd need to have. Well, this, this is the interesting thing. So let, let's just, we'll, we'll take some numbers. But for me, this, this is, it's taken me four and a half years to get into the position and to have the knowledge and to have the contacts to create the numbers that I would give you. So if I said to you, well, I'd like to create properties where the business nets at 500 a month. Now, that might not happen for six to 12 months in rent to rent land because a, a, a typical rent to rent, you're going to agree with the landlord up front and you might do some light works to it, some light refurbishments. You might agree that the, the landlord does it. So there's, there's lots of things. There, there will be some costs involved. There'll be time involved. There'll be you know meetings involved. But, but roughly, let's say 500. But again, this is the, the, where I come from is that that took me time and experience and working with a bunch of people actually really doing it, as in rolling up my sleeves, getting involved, to, to get to the stage where I was confident enough to, to start making those agreements. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. That a big input to this is experience. And when you start out, you're you're less likely to be able to find the deals easily, less likely to be able to progress them, less likely to be able to convince the, the landlords that you're approaching that you're trustworthy and, and can deliver on what you, you say. And all of that plays such an important part and, and a lot more in actually maximizing the, the return from these. But even if you if you say five hundred pounds a month for a rent to rent, I mean obviously area and size and all sorts of things varies a lot, but yeah, exactly. a month. So thirty thousand a month so sorry, sorry, thirty thousand a year salary is two and a half thousand pounds a month. So to get five hundred pounds per property, that'd be five properties you'd need to, to have in your your rent to rent portfolio. Now, first of all, the first thing I, I would say to this is how much do you think you need to put in to set up in, in terms of money to set up an average rent to rent property? I think before when we've talked about it, we've been talking in the sort of five to ten thousand pound range. You, is that about right? As you said before, it's highly dependent on the property. And, you know, ex- this is where experience is so important because on the properties I've worked on, and there'll be lots of people that have done rent to rent or have looked at rent to rent that say zero, okay, no money down. And, and I believe that can happen. I, I do believe that can happen. As in, you can defer payments. So you could set up the tenants to pay in arrears. Uh, sorry. You set up the tenants to pay in advance and you pay the landlord in arrears. So you're hedging, you know, your costs. So it could be anything, really. It could be, it depends on the property. It could be zero to 5,000. It could be 5,000 to 10,000. Obviously, most of us are going to try and do it the, 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 the most cost effective way that we possibly can. But typically, my experience would say if you're talking around two and a half K, and we're talking about HMO properties here. You know, anywhere around the ballpark of two and a half K, I think would be a fair average. Okay, so that so we've got a two and a half thousand pound investment. We've got five properties we're going to set up. That means we've got to put in twelve and a half thousand pounds. So in order to replace our salary with rent to rent deals, 
we've got to find five deals and we've got to have in the region of £12,000 up front to actually put in and, and get them set up. Probably a bit more than that because you're probably going to need to put some money into sending out letters to potential landlords or... Marketing costs. Yeah. Yep. So marketing costs and solicitors to help you set up the contracts and other bits and bobs. So maybe £15,000. So it's it suddenly makes it a little bit harder to, to just replace your salary. How long do you think is reasonable to expect to take to find a rent-to-rent deal? I think the answer to that question is is how hard the person is willing to work and how much time they have available to put into it. Because again, this is about relationships. Business is all about relationships. It's about developing those relationships. For me, it took a few years to develop some of the relationships I've now got. But from a standing start, you could theoretically do marketing campaigns, whether that's a direct mail campaign, a Facebook campaign. That's going to start getting interest. And I'd say the return on investment there is quite high because even if your campaign costs, again, I'm just picking random numbers, but four to 500 pounds, if you get one rent to rent property, that's hypothetically going to get returned to you within, well, within a month. But if you've got refurb costs. So typically when I've looked at it, we want to essentially break even by the sixth month. So if, if by the sixth month we've paid, the, the rent has covered everything we've put in, that's something I would I would look at. As I said before, I think there's people out there that say, well, actually, you don't have to spend anything. And, and again, that, that is true. But I, I think for new people that are coming from a standing start, I just, I just don't think that's realistic. And that, maybe that's just because that's, you know, I'm biased based on my own experience. You know, we, we kind of sailed a little bit away from our original conversations on this when we were talking. But that's because I think the rent-to-rent strategy is one of those where if you're looking to replace an income, you can start with much less capital because Simon and I were speaking before we hit the record button about our different strategies and replacing income and just talking about the fact that buying HMOs, investing in HMOs versus buying buy-to-lets and investing in those, there are varying costs. Actually, you might be able to get a higher loan to value on an HMO than a buy-to-let, but when we looked at it, the cost of mortgages would therefore obviously be much higher. And and these are all considerations when we're thinking about how do I replace a salary? And I and I think I think the big one for me is just that the 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 education companies, first of all, you're gonna pay them to get this information, which is they might, if they're good, and there are some good outfits, I'm not gonna denigrate all of them because uh, you know I've worked with a couple of good guys. Uh, there are some good ones. But really, they're just packaging up what is probably freely available wherever you search for it into a nice little bundle for you. And so you're losing some of that capital to start with. But if you're really looking to replace your income, I think the biggest thing that I think Simon and I are completely aligned on is that it's going to take longer than you think. It's, it's certainly not, in our experience, going to be a six-month job, a three- to six-month job, unless, like we said, you're, you've got a salary of 12K. And if you've got a salary of 12K, you're going to need to have a, a, a good pot of money set aside to be able to just to focus on whatever it is you need to focus on in that initial period. A couple of things I wanted to pick out. So I think you mentioned in there that you're quite pleased with a rent-to-rent deal if it takes six months to pay back the investment, to, to break even. So I think that's 
uh, sort of a really good indication that it's going to take at least six months mm-hmm. to start to, to be getting anywhere close to to paying you anything and hence paying your your salary and that's just one and you're unlikely to find five simultaneously and to be able to progress all five together so you're probably looking at those being staggered over some weeks or months maybe let's say three months so plus the six months to to start breaking even and paying salary so you're looking at maybe a minimum of nine months plus lots of effort lots of time a good chunk of knowledge that you've got to have gained from somewhere and some upfront capital to put into the the projects and investments for them to then pay you back over that first six months so so yes you you can probably replace your salary with a rent rent strategy within a year perhaps but probably not while you're also working a job, getting a salary. <laughs> so you, you probably need to have leapt first in order to have enough time to, to actually achieve this. And you've got to have some savings in the bank as well in order to achieve it, even on the low investment rent-to-rent strategy, I think. And I don't think there's anyone, certainly not in property, but also in business, that would say that they started out on a project and how amazing it was that that project came in a lot less than they'd expected. I've run in the last few years, let's say average two projects a year, three projects a year. Not one of them has ever come in to the budget we expected. It's always been more. And even on the smaller scale, you know, even if it's on a a rent to rent project where we're quoting, I don't know, £1,200, that's coming at 1900 And although when you look at that independently, you think, well, it's only 700 quid, even though it's actually a 50% increase on the original quote. When you look at it in the wider context of your revenue, it makes a big difference because that's just taken a month's rent out of your hand. So instead of actually needing two months to cover your costs, you now need three months. So that's just another month gone. So, and that's the thing I don't think until you've been in at the coal phase and done these things, you, you suddenly realize actually whatever we quote, and I know we can, we can flippantly say, well, whatever you quote, add 15% to it. And more, more often than not, that's what I'll do. But there will always be something. It might not just be even cost. It will be time that, that, okay, we thought you could have this property then, but sorry, you can't. We thought this tenant was leaving then, but she can't. There's always something, particularly in property, that will come out of the woodwork that will mean your amazing spreadsheet that was going to give you X amount of pounds by month three isn't going to come quite come to fruition. And I think that's the big learning for me in the last six seven years is that you you know it's, it's it's like the old adage isn't it no plan survives first contact from the military and that's that's how it's me I, I love a little plan but it's it's never ended that way yep plans always need to be flexible <laughs> so that they can uh, flex and update as uh, as reality unfolds and meets them so i think we're out of time i think perhaps on a future episode we should talk a bit more about some of the other concepts around how much money you might actually need to put in to replace salaries and provide that kind of level of of income perhaps on on other strategies strategies perhaps need less time a rent rent strategy is very time intensive that that, uh, may be a restriction for for some people that's probably us for for today and this week thank you very much for listening we really do appreciate 
your ears for the last half hour or so. Please do let someone else know if you think they might enjoy the listen. And show notes can be found at thebusinessofproperty.com. And Stuart and I will talk to you again next week. Bye.